0: this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport
1: powered by fans hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film If. if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news
0: Hello and welcome to the 400th episode of the Blue Monday podcast, a weekly show available on audio and video looking into the happenings of Ipswich Town for the past six seasons. Today is going to be a very special show. We're going to take you away from the current dirge. Uh, well, well, we'll talk about the current dirge, but then we'll do a little bit of reminiscing as we go. And you are going to see all, every single one, of our glorious team during the show, but it would not be right in show 400 um, to not let David Diamond have the first word. Now, if only he had a one-word catchphrase that could describe this podcast and the first 400 episodes. David, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> 400, 400
3: up, 400 not out. I think I compared it, I compared it last week to a, a Brian Lara innings, I think. It's, Brian Lara it's been,
0: proportion. It's been emotional. Dave, obviously you're a hugely popular mainstay since 2015. Um, yeah. Can you just briefly reflect on how you ended up on this podcast <laughs> and how in God's name you're still here? Christ knows. I don't really know. How did that happen? Um,
3: no, me and you, I said before, me and you worked together a long time ago and always kept in touch and probably went to one away match usually Reading, wasn't it usually found ourselves going to Reading when you lived back here and then um i think you first muted the idea bloody hell why didn't we do it a season before you did, <laughs> we, yeah. you did. and i said oh man too busy and i think you were busy but you were sort of muting the idea and then you sort of sprung it didn't you, you sort of sprung it a week before a couple of weeks before that season started back in um back in 2015-16 you said Oh, do you know that podcast, sort of, oh, we're going to put a pilot out next week, come round, there <laughs> we go. And that was it. We did the pilot show and it sort of seemed to be fairly well received and, um, you know, all,
0: all worked down at the old pub bunker and then um, off we went from there, really, as simple as that. Tremendous stuff, absolutely tremendous. Um, and who would have funk it? Um, And I've got a funny story for you, Joe, because um, I remember how you came into the pod. I was working in Camden, and I remember exactly where I was. Um, I was driving back to London Colney. I was just thinking as well, Dave. I've lived in seven seven houses during um, <laughs> the lifespan of this podcast. Yeah, seven. but none, none could compare
3: with uh, with the pod appearing, appearing girl, though could it? Not really,
0: could it? No. Appearing <laughs> <No. laughs> girl. Um, and I was listening to the Naked Football Show, and Joe was on the Naked Football Show, and I remember oh, Dave wow. thinking, "Oh." He knows Ooh. way more than we do about him, doesn't he? And then we put the advert out, and Joe applied, and I saw his name come up, and I was like, "Yeah, let's let's get him in." Joe, what are your memories of joining up with the pod?
4: What? I remember having a long conversation with you, which sort of around Did that involved me speaking ten words to every, your every one. Um, probably at the start, but by the end, it flipped around to one to ten <laughs> by the end. But no, no, I, I listened to you guys from the very first episode and. I've listened to everyone since then, even even the ones that I'm on. I still listen back to just to check I sound as good as I think I do, and I'm often <laughs> left disappointed.
0: Well, you look resplendent today in your um, 15, 16 championship yeah, um, yeah. We yeah, will get on. We'll get on to. Oh, beautiful! Yeah, was we'll, <laughs> the extra three pounds fifty or whatever. Um, we'll get on to all of this good stuff. Obviously, when we started the pod, um, it was. All just audio, but we're now on YouTube, so please subscribe over on YouTube. Um, It premieres every um, sort of Monday um, morning, and uh, you can support, as Mikey beautifully said in the advert at the start of the show, um, on Acast or in the live chat every time. Right, let's talk about current um, matters, Dave, because we've had... um, when the podcast started we never heard from marcus evans we <laughs> seem to hear from him all the time now yeah. uh, don't we in the past two or three yeah. years we've had a statement now in the um attempt at balance and fairness and we've always tried to be fair and balanced on the pod we will quote him so you guys can't just bury him mm-hmm. where, without actually hearing what he said so we did get a thank you which says i'm truly humbled, Can, Richard, can we put the um, national anthem in behind as I say these words or something, please? I'm truly humbled by the support of our fan base over this period with many supporting the club. And I know many others who would have done so if economically possible without we've seen to purchases, despite the government stadia restrictions. I thank all of you for this assistance, which is absolutely vital for the club's finance. Did someone want to chip in there? Yeah,
3: Ben. Can I just interject, Rich? If Rich
0: can't find the national anthem, I think that, like the um, Benny Hill theme would do. <laughs> <laughs> That's tremendous. Uh, so, look, we did get we did get the thank you. Um, we'll, we'll get copyright strike for that as well. So don't bother it on there on there, yeah, Rich. Um, then we do get the dreaded vote of confidence, which I used to get on Football Manager. After a strong start to the season, we've stumbled a little over the last few weeks. But that needs to be put into context that we currently have an entire team of players who are potential starters on the injury list. By the way, I was talking to a Norwich fan the other day who told me they had 12 first-team players injured. I pointed out that you can only have 11 first-team players. (laughs) Um, The irony was not lost on me. There we go. Um, It is not a coincidence that our early run was achieved with few injuries. And as always seems to be the case, our sick list grew as we entered a run against what we expected to be some of the better teams. And then... We get our favourite words here. Um, The manager, coaching staff, captain and players are all doing everything that I've asked of them in the building of the foundation for the future. As long as I see progress being made, I will not be swayed into making the mistakes neatly summed up by the term. Be careful what you wish for, which caused our demise a couple of years ago. Everything I've seen close at hand behind the scenes and on match days this season gives me confidence that despite what is always a bumpy path, we are on the right track. So there we go. We quoted him directly, Dave. Go on. Um I mean basically
3: he's saying in a in a not too sort of veiled way that um look, it's my, you know, I run the club, I control the finances, it's my club. Um, um, I'm not going to sack the manager. I'm not going to make the perceived mistakes that he made as he said a couple of seasons before. He's not going to let the manager go because clearly it will be a financial um, it will be a financial outlay if he let the manager go and he clearly uh thinks or not thinks probably quite rightly that the injuries, the huge injury list has got a, a great bearing on, on our sort of as he put, stumble our stumble after a good start to the season. Um which doesn't doesn't really doesn't really <laughs>
0: surprise me. And I think we pretty much said the same on the pod on the pod last week, really. When you said stumble, Dave, if we stumbled this season, you know the episode of Alan Partridge where he meets the mad fan and he's <laughs> running away from him and he falls over and about <laughs> about, takes yeah. about 10 steps to fall. That's what we did last season. So um, clearly
3: the, the underlying thing is there, look, you can complain, you know, the fans complain, they can put as much as they want on social media, they can boycott, not so many words, I follow and what have you. It's not going to make a spread up a difference because he ain't going anywhere.
0: You know the producers, Dave, of when Stevie Wonder was doing... Um, Living just enough for the city. They made him what, wait. Songs in the key of life. yeah, They made him wait and wait and wait to make him angry to get a good take. <laughs> Which, so we're just going to make Joe Fairs wait about another fight. Yeah, seconds come on. Just wind him up a bit more as he takes another sip of beer. Yeah, go I on, Joe. I, think, I,
4: think I, I, so. I personally preferred the old days of a vote of confidence, where it's just the paper said the matter. Chairman's given the manager a vote of confidence. And if they lost the next game, they still got sacked anyway. I, I prefer <laughs> yeah, those ones yeah. rather than these long rambling statements telling fans that you can't watch a game properly from iFollow, even though this is a bloke who 10 years ago used to have to sit in the director's box having someone explain to him what the offside rule is. He can now watch a game better than we can, even though we've been doing it our whole lives. But I don't know. It just it strikes me as striking a really, really poor tone with regards to effectively the fans don't know what they're doing. I only got rid of Mick because the fans wanted it. When the reality was Mick left because Marcus Evans couldn't manage him properly. So he was able and empowered to tell the fans to F off at Norwich and come out after every press conference sort of growling, even when we won games, to take away any olive branch because Evans could not get control of the manager. And now it's the same. Evans can't get control of Lambert and he's empowered to come out in all these press conferences, acting an absolute twat as he was again after the game <laughs> yesterday, and Evans has basically backed himself into a corner with his five-year contract, where maybe he can't afford to sack him. I don't know, but but over the next over the next well, I suppose few months, we're going to have fans that need to they're going to be saying to these fans effectively oh yeah, all that money you've paid for your season ticket this year, you're going to get to three games for. We're not going to give it back to you. We're going to want to roll this into next year and we don't want to give it back to you while they're doing all they can to basically stick two fingers up at the fans and people like Phil Ham in the media and they're doubling down on it and things like that. So I think he just does not read the mood of the fans well and I don't think Lambert reads the mood of the fans well. He did when he first came in and I think it is going to be They're going to be in for a shock in a few weeks. I think they've got this badly, badly wrong. I mean, Joe,
3: what do you think is the breaking point? What's going to be the breaking point here? Come on, what do you reckon? Seriously.
4: Well, I I heard from somebody that it was going to be. Oh, yeah, we go. When we
0: sort of. Oh, yeah.
4: When we're sort of out of touch of the top six. I think as long as we're staying in touch of the top six, then. Lambert's job is safe and like Mark Ashton
0: and Lee Johnson last season for Bristol City yeah yeah. like the second literally 30 minutes after they were out of the top six and couldn't make it anymore he was fired
4: yeah but I just I don't know I find it it
5: very strange he's buying all these injuries but you listen to
4: Lambert on Friday and he's saying oh people don't know what's going on here the restrictions we're working under the constraints the finance I think we've got 45 pros on the books Accrington have got about 18 and they're what, are they are they above? No, they're just behind us, aren't they? But with three games in hand. And it's like, has Lambert managed to convince Evans that we are doing well to be even competing at this level? It, it feels like we've just been promoted into this league, not relegated into it. And
3: i tell you what, I bet it won't be like a Bristol City scenario because probably out of touch of the playoffs would probably mean six points adrift. No, fair, fair fair point, point, ten eight, points eight. adrift. I'm sorry, yeah. it ain't going to just be, right,
0: we're dropped into seventh, you're gone. No way. No way. Mm. Um, well, on so that was on the, um, uh, excuse me, my timeline here. That was either the Wednesday and the next info was the Thursday. But then, Dave, Andre Dezel becomes, uh, this is the club website, the latest homegrown blue to sign a new long-term contract, the 21-year-old midfielder has agreed a deal that will keep him at Portman Road until the summer of 2024. Andre, that's the club's words, I'm not first naming him there, joins fellow academy graduates Luke Wolf and Brett McGavin, and amando in committing their futures to the club over recent months with Flynn Downs and Jack Lancaster, also contracted for a further two years. Dave, is this wonderful news or just
4: sensible protection of
0: asset? It's a a protection
3: of of asset, isn't it? It obviously is, but it's good news. It's great, you know, very, very good news, you know, looking at it and how, you know, Downs is now out now in our luck for God knows how long with a obviously long-term injury. Arguably, well, not arguably, the sales probably are rate as saleable. Asset at this moment in time, which we've just, which was protected. So yeah, fair play. Um, I'd like to see. Well, you would like to see. You'd, you'd, you would think there would be some sort of his agents cute enough that there'd be some sort of, I don't know, non-promotion clause in the uh, release clause in the contract. You would think, um, if his agent's smart enough. But no, I mean, you got to say that's that's positive.
4: Joe, yeah, de- definitely positive, and. I say, I think over the last few weeks, as we've been dropping down the table, I think a lot of fans, myself included, have been talking about the futures of like Andre Dezel Teddy Bishop, players that are out of contract in the summer that realistically are not going to want to play in League One next season.
3: Nah.
4: And if they're on a free transfer, they get, they're get going to have clubs all over them. So really, really good. And like I say, it's not just all negative. That is a real positive piece of news from, from the club and Evans, but... I say, just I don't know. A few, a few people saying, "Oh, no, there's probably a release clause in there." What happens if we don't go up? Well, we, there was a release clause anyway. It's called the end of his contract with <laughs> no, no money due in the summer, so we're in a better position than we were on Thursday or Friday morning. And I know it just that's it, called the just, David McGoldrick release clause. That one, Joe. Yeah, it's it's almost frustrating that like, sort of without sort of wanting to go back to the statement that it's that was just so badly timed and bad such a poor tone there was just no need for it but it sounds from sort of the EADT guys that Lambert has sort of put a lot of pressure on O'Neill and Evans to back him publicly and yeah who, like I say who's pulling the strings here at this club mm, indeed um right shall we bring in
0: another member of our team um Richard if you want to punch yourself in to the stream there he is uh Richard now uh Richard I'm trying to think um would have joined the pod in the Third season. But I remember Rich didn't we pass each other at Glasgow Airport before we ever that's met? Do you remember that? No, possibly. serious.
6: Serious. Well, yeah, this is so. like the
0: most Noel Edmonds story possible.
6: I, I was think I tweeted you, didn't I?
0: I was genuinely doing a charity gig with Shane Ritchie in Glasgow. That, that's how Partridge. That's how Partridge. D- doesn't like
6: to talk about his
4: charity work.
0: But... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got paid.
6: Sorry, <laughs> <is> that, <laughs> Shane is that, is
3: that, wait a minute, is that the same Shane Richie just come forth in am a celebrity? Yes, <laughs> come
0: on, bring it on, bring it, bring it on. Um,
6: 2021 Stadium Tour for you then, Ben, eh?
0: Absolutely. No, um, I'm sure Dave and I would wholeheartedly admit um, we were both doing two shows a week in year two of the podcast. This podcast would have folded many, many, oh, exactly. many months ago yeah. if it wasn't for um, Richard. So came in and sort of um, took took some of the heat off us, didn't he, Dave? Because we were both doing two shows a week at... At that point, and yeah, it was it was getting it was getting a lot. And you were
3: you know, I was sometimes travelling, and you were you were always out on the road. You were still pretty much you were still gigging. Then I'm pretty sure you were still gigging, weren't you? Yeah, you, yeah, pretty, still, yeah, yeah. yeah. It. So, it so you were living in. I'm trying to think where you were living no. then. That's when you were in East London. Um, East London right,
0: I could have been in Central London or East <laughs> London at, at that point, but yeah, the it all, all, all merges yeah. into one. But I'm gonna tap out, and um, I'm trying trying to think of a sign in for Ipswich that would be like. Uh, richard joining the the pod but um someone will come up with one someone will come up I, with, with one on twitter i was because
6: probably... i made my because uh, i was doing videos and stuff early on and then i think someone dropped out of hosting the preview show right at the start of the season and i said well i'll do it and it was like when Potch took over from nigel atkins at southampton or something like that it was the He's gone in high the there though,
4: with Potch, haven't you? I, th- yeah, I think yeah, it's Jim Machilton and came in, came in as a loan <laughs> right, signing. There you go. I was going to say then, Daryl Murphy, then loan member, and then the manager. Yeah. There
0: you go. Yeah, right. the I'm going to um, disappear because I'll just talk over everyone, which I've been doing for 400 episodes anyway. Dave's um, <laughs> nodding along there. Um, and I will see you um, after the mailbag. Take it away, Rich.
6: And I have all the power today. So, I mean, I can mute people. I can... Oh, this is good. This is how pod should be. Um, how do we describe this bit at the start? Is this the dirgy bit? Is that what Ben called it in the intro? The dirge. This is... turgid Moribund. This is bringing us right up to date. Um, Plymouth, guys. Um, where, where to start with this? Let me take you um, back to pre-match. Um, let's talk about Plymouth first. Uh, managed by the highly rated Ryan Lowe. Um, would he be on your, if we, we talked about this, I think on the live show midweek, I think Seb and I discussed this, if if we were a club that ever scoured the leagues for um, managerial talent, would Ryan Lowe be on your list as a possible replacement for Lambert if that were to ever part ways?
4: He's definitely someone that's done well, isn't he? Took Berry up and then left them, sort of got out of a good time because they obviously then went into the big trouble there, went down to Plymouth. And it was eight, and one of the things that surprised me is how he was able to attract players down to Plymouth that had been with him in the northwest because that is not a that's not a it's short a trip. trip and that's a that's a, you've got to be a good manager to bring people down from the fourth tier all the way down to Plymouth from the northwest. So he's obviously highly rated by his players as well as as so well he, as the fans and took Plymouth straight up.
3: To be fair, Joe, I suppose it that helped that, that his
4: old club folded, probably. Yeah, but there's a, there's a lot of other clubs up in that no, north, were, isn't there not there yeah, where yeah. players can pick yeah. them up, especially players that just got into the third tier, effectively yeah. dropping back down to the fourth. So, but no, no, I've 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 been impressed with him. I thought his side were a little bit, they sort of were a bit streetwise for League One yesterday, which we, we lack at. But they seemed to push the line as far as they could get away with it. But obviously crossed it. I thought they, were, yeah, I thought I thought I they were
6: very. Way, yeah. I thought
4: they were very open. Agricultural,
6: yeah, well, we'll talk yeah. about that in a bit. Um, just worth um, a little bit of um, context where Plymouth <coughs> find himself. went into the, this game 15th, um, and actually were unbeaten at home all season until the mighty Rochdale turned up and did a total number on them one four nil. But it's one of those games that I appear to be having in Football Manager 21, where I have a shed load of XG, um, and should have won the game, but someone scores from 30 yards or something and beats me. So, um, Plymouth smarting a little bit um, as Ipswich come into town. First game um, back for supporters there, 1,800 in attendance there. Um, it's a 5-3-2, a 3-5-2. And plenty of ex-Ipswich connections in here. I'll just list those rather than give you the team because there's some names here that won't be particularly fam- familiar. But Connor Grant, um, he of the short-lived loan spell from Everton. Um, we've also got Frank Nuble and his five-goal spell at Ipswich back in the day. Um, I'm missing one, aren't I? There's another one, I think, but I can't remember who it is and my notes aren't good enough. Um, Danny Mayer, um, who we'll talk about in a bit, he, um, he, I think he had the proverbial tour around Portman Road, probably was shown our excellent training facilities and told that if he was to sign, he needed to mention those and then he chose to join run low down in uh, in Plymouth anyway on
4: that one um, though from what from what I understand he, we didn't even know he was coming I think we'd sort of inquired <laughs> we'd inquired as to whether he was available and I think we'd sort of maybe had a chat with his agent then all of a sudden he turned up he turned up on the doorstep well, no, it was a,
3: Peter, a Peter Adam Wingy type yeah <laughs>
4: sorry <laughs> turned up on the doorstep and I think we did go through the motions and we were interested in him but I don't think we were right. expecting there that day
6: well, he was he was lining up on the left side of midfield, and as I said, spoiler alert, we'll talk more about him. Let's talk about Ipswich um, going into the game. Fifth in the league, you wouldn't think it, would you? But we were fifth in the league, but no goals in three, and obviously um, two defeats to top ten rivals, um, and then a draw at Oxford. That was tepid. That was turgid. That nil nil, but at least stopped the rot. Um, did we think it was a this was a four two three one rather than a four three three? The changes. Um McGavin comes in for Andre Desal, who was suspended. Judge in for Bennett's and Jackson in for drynan who has a hamstring injury. Um, did we think that this was um Dobra was kind of in the number ten rather than maybe? Yeah, definitely for wide? me,
4: yeah. Nolan was noticeably deeper and sort of Dobra was not really tracking back and he was getting up there with the striker quite often. So it was definitely a four, two, three, one for me.
6: And Dave, delighted to see Judge back in the team, I'm sure.
4: Absolutely over the moon! I think I, I did not.
3: I was stabbed. I think it might have even been you and said that now's the time. Judge back here we go. Now's yeah. the time for him to stab his class all over, all over this game.
6: Exactly right. Well, let's um, let's get into it. I mean, it's a tidy enough start uh, compared to. I mean, the the bar was set pretty damn low against Oxford, right? So at least there was. I think Dobra injected a little bit of urgency in the final third, which we've been lacking for what two years, maybe. Um, <laughs> but no real kind of clear-cut chances. And then there's a bit of a warning sign when Kamara robs Ward, who's a little bit slow on the odd uptake, yeah. and Wolford and Nolan have to dive in and make us some kind of NCR-like blocks. Um, but this is the, the, I guess, if we'd lost yesterday, spoiler alert, we didn't lose, um, this would be the turning point possibly where Lambert would be talking about um, speaking to, um, is it Mick Jones in the Referees Association? Um, it's a poker who, who slides in on Lancaster just inside the penalty area. And is this a booking for Lancaster either for diving or for fouling a Poku? Either way, to me, this looks clear cut <laughs> well, pen. Like he,
4: no, he must have given it as a foul against Lancaster because he doesn't book him for diving. But it is the most blatant penalty you ever see. And looks, the, I mean, it's five yards away, looking straight at it. He just gets a toe in and gets wiped out. I mean, I think they said on the commentary there was a foul in the build up, but it was
2: barely I, a build
4: up. Was I, Lancaster? It, what I Lancaster committed just, a foul prior to. Okay, no, no, I think Brenner was just saying... Yeah, I think that's what he said. I think Brenner was just saying, oh, there must have been a foul in the build-up because he obviously doesn't have the benefit of replays to go and check whether there was. And he said, oh, I assume it must be that because it couldn't be anything else. But mm. the the only thing it could conceivably be is a foul by Lancaster on on the guy. And, and there's nothing not, else. It it list, no, no, no,
3: no. No, it's
6: nothing. It's crazy a, decision. Great. So we'll and, and again, we, we kind of... <laughs> we like narrative on the pod... Um, and six minutes later guys, Towner behind. Um, I mean this we've talked about Mayor, he's got all kinds of time and space under no real pressure um down our right hand side. It's I th- I wanna get your opinion on Frank. We'll, we'll call him by his prop as the call fans. Um Nuble is his name, not Nuble or whatever. Um I thought Nuble was quite assured actually up front and really held the ball up really well didn't he and he could have well
3: it, it was a really good holdout play really was for the goal and brought mm. in um and you know and brought in was it I don't know who, who did it the final it was Grant wasn't it Grant yeah. did the final ball so it was good ball into good, great hold play. Um and um yeah yeah nicely weighted ball out and um Jeff yeah, Scott, great great cross. Good cross and, and first time crossing. Oh Jeff Cott just got got across McGuinness just got their first good finish, wasn't it? Great finish. it was, was yeah,
6: first. Um, I guess decision. I was we were, we were we were kind of thinking League One. I I, I just yeah I was like, waiting for the referee to look at his watch and then remember we're in the tin pot. No, it was good, I, think yeah. I think
3: everyone looked across at the Russian linesman and he signaling <laughs> a goal, so everyone back to the halfway line. Yeah. It did
4: look like it crossed the line from the replay station. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um,
6: uh, and, uh, I mean, there's Ipswich rally a little bit. I still think Plymouth were probably the tidiest and, and the most coherent there was, play. There was but the it, charts
3: for Jackson, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I to go this one,
6: Dave. It was quite I mean, an open game,
4: wasn't it, though?
3: Oh, they yeah, were open. Fine. Yeah, um, yeah. He was pretty close.
6: is by Aimson, isn't
3: it? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I thought it was a bit harsh. I said, oh, perhaps he should have got a shot away there." But yeah, in hindsight, he's a good. He's just about to pull the trigger, isn't he? He's worked himself. Uh, Craig made a good point that perhaps he should have. He never quite got it out of his feet, and he should have got it out of his feet and perhaps gone away, made it open up the angle a bit because it was almost sort of straight on. But it's hell of a challenge, yeah. Perfectly fair challenge, and he just, yeah, just, just
6: on his right yeah. foot. I think he wanted a little bit more time in he? Yeah,
3: he'd say get, get it away, get it out of his feet. And get it away from the defender so the defender's got more stretch than you you know open up the angle a bit but yeah hell of a
6: tackle really um chambers has a go from range at least we're getting bodies forward at least we're trying shots this is the biggest frustration i have is when when our kind of pattern of play falls apart around the halfway um no one really tries to open up space and have a shot for themselves and that was a little bit of an improvement i thought yesterday albeit not a huge amount a positive to talk about there. Um, There's one for McGavin in the second half, actually, which is um, right well struck, wasn't it? Right a strike. A, um, it was our
4: first shot on target, that was, wasn't was it? That our
6: first, at least, it, well, 45 well, minutes that's... earlier than the one from the Oxford game, at least. Um, and 34, a little bit of a warning again that um, um, Ipswich need to pay attention down the right-hand side. Mayor is causing trouble again with Nublay and Grant oh. and cuts in Mayor and curls a nice shot that is just wide of Cornell's right hand, uh, left-hand post. Um, and that's it. That's all I've got for the first half, guys. And the penalty for you, did it, the lack of the penalty award and obviously the goal to that, did you feel at that point a sense of foreboding or was the game yeah. was open enough but worried a little bit? Yeah, yeah the, the, the game felt
4: open enough that we weren't out of it. But it, again, you just looked at it. It's like, we've gone behind early and we haven't, we haven't had a shot we since. We've created nothing. Very little. And that has been the problem over the last three games. We just have created absolutely nothing for the last three games. And sort of make that three and a half games where we've had, what, probably three, four shots on target across that whole period.
6: Yep. And there's plenty of action in the second half for us to talk about. But it starts, um, again, narrative, um, with um, Mayer getting booked in the 52nd minute for taking too long to take a corner. I mean, knowing what we know now, what a crazy... Crazy moment that is. I mean,
3: I, th- I think Lowe said afterwards. any the coach, the manager said afterwards that he felt hard done by by that one because um, he, pressed, you know, was trying to take the corner and, and the town players. Pressed. I didn't notice, but the town players were encroaching. So he, you know, I would mean, not say encroaching, yeah. but weren't weren't away. So he couldn't you couldn't physically take the corner, you know. Um, and he was waiting for him to get the ten yards and stuff away. So I didn't I didn't notice whether whether that happened or not. But yeah, that that was the one I think that that Lowe might well. Try and try and and appeal. I don't don't think you can appeal. We we know where that ends. Or say appeal. I don't mean that, but have a word with the ref.
4: Yeah, but I I, I don't understand that mentality. I thought the booking was harsh at the time, but ultimately, when you're playing with a booking, you can't then make a silly foul. Which I did to then get booked. So you're playing with a booking? Right, because on the flip side, in the very first minute, Jack Lancaster had an awful tackle put on him. So it went right through the back of him, scissored him, guy doesn't get booked. That player then gets booked in the second half. You don't see Ryan Lowe saying, oh, well, he should have had a yellow card in the first half and that would have been sent off. But because he doesn't have a yellow card, he's able to then put that tackle in like he does and get his to take his book in, where Mayer has a yellow You have to stupid. you have to play to your situation, don't you? So I've got just a, I've got very very little sympathy on that just, side deli- just a deliberate
3: trip as well. And what five yards away from the ref? I mean, just yeah. <laughs> crazy, crazy <I> mean, <laughs> was going
4: everywhere as well.
0: To
3: compound it for them, yeah. they're just taken off. So their two best players for me were him and the the uh, the striker Jeff got They just taken off, I believe, like, a couple of I'm minutes. Surprised
4: before. by that because I thought he was playing well.
3: He really was. He looked he looked good. Really He's quite young as well. Apparently, I don't, I'm not sure how old he is, but looked really good. Really a handful. Yeah. And that may looked a good. But I thought he looked a.
6: Yeah, yeah.
3: Really good player. Good delivery. Either foot as well Look, look, looked a good player. But, I mean, yeah. We're,
6: we're, the last few weeks, we've seen a lot more of these kind of aggressive fouls. You know, Bishop's now out injured because of a, a, a you know really cynical foul. And and I don't think we saw too much of that last season. We are this season. I just don't think we're... You know, we talked about being streetwise. We, we're just not in the referee's space enough when these tackles go in. Too nice. We? And, we're too you know, fortunately for us, it's, it's, a, it's a second yellow for May. Let's talk about that before we talk about... The subs. I mean, it's it's just a little sneaky little. It's the kind of challenge you make, knowing you're not on a booking, rather than you are on a booking. You know, his dobra has gone. He just clips the back of his heels, doesn't he? And he's down. He goes. I mean, nice, to see, um,
3: nice to see Nice to see waving a goodbye. I always like to see that.
4: I don't get there? You see, like, like Lambert and Taylor in the background, they don't even really like appeal for it. I, they see, I don't react. I found that very strange, considering Taylor spends ninety percent of the time normally in the in the fourth official's ear, moaning at him. They just seemed so static on the sideline. I I don't know. I I thought that was very, very strange. And had had we not gone back to win that one, I think more might have been made of how sort of like them compared to Ryan low on the touchline were.
6: 62 minutes. Is this where the game swings or is it the sending off for you? Um, Hawkins for Lancaster, who, you know, a few bits and pieces, we've mentioned him a couple of times, but similar to Oxford, didn't really feature too much. On the periphery. And McGavin um, is withdrawn for Bennett's. And guys, it's 4 4 effing too. Get it! make the difference? I've
3: got to say, I thought McGavin had another steady game yesterday. Again, not spectacular, but he just does the simple thing. It sounds silly but he just does the simple things really well you know you know you know he always seems to find a pass um yeah young and inexperienced but yeah again i thought he had i thought he was decent again i really did
4: yeah but i find he's no, it's quite him, strong
3: is... he's he's deceptively strong for his age i think quite you know
4: big frame Just notice on him that his passing is very good off both feet as well. He doesn't have to take that extra touch to put it in the right position. Whatever foot he's on, he just keeps the ball moving quite quickly. There's a couple of times where he sort of plays it in on his right, gets it back and first time with his left foot down the line. And it just, it really helps us up the tempo at times with
6: that.
3: Yeah. And even when he is closed down, he always seems to get the toe in and find that, you know, find that ball. No, he's he's done well. I think he's
6: done well. He's even copied Dizel's corner take routine, which... We're now hitting corners corners to hit the crossbar or something, and we'll get the keepers to at least fap them over. So he's <laughs> those two. I like his set pieces, McGavin as well. always hits them with pace. Um, yeah. So, yeah, good on um, McGavin. But um, withdrawal for Bennett, whose first contribution is to cross the ball out of play. But God, 73 really? minutes. Bennett's is involved here, warding all kinds of space. And um, yeah. Dave. Yeah, he does well. We well, really mentioned this guy, yeah. Um, Bennett
3: does quite well, doesn't he? Bennett does quite well. He sort of drops his drops his shoulder and makes the space and plays in. You know, Ward Ward got forward quite well all the game yesterday. I thought, um, and a good ball he puts it. Ward, instead of I mean, Ward hits a hits a ball first time, but instead of just absolutely hammering it across, you know, into an area, he sort of almost picks an area out, so he, he misses those defenders out and nolan it's a good finish it's a class finish it really is because those ones the ball ball comes to him he chests it chests it up waits for it wait waits for the drop and you can just snatch at those try and hit them too hard and you're invariably going to just shank it or drag it wide but he just cushion volleys it and it's a superb skill really is a tough skill Um, he takes
6: the ball
4: really high doesn't he when when he hits it on
3: top of it's a sweet sweet strike and um yeah, it just floats it almost floats the ball in the far corner. It's a good goal, it's a great but, goal. And he's so got guess, that this is what makes him so annoyingly frustrating because he's got that technique and that ability. And he, yesterday, you know, he will do things, he'll drop his shoulder and go off his wrong foot. He's, he's a player, but he's oh. <laughs> he is so just it's one of the weird
6: goals where, where you kind of you know you celebrate the goal going in because it's an important time and you know our tails should be up because of the sending off anyway. But you you ref, you reflect and think, well, all I've seen him do for 70 minutes is pass it sideways or backwards. And, uh, and, you know, arguably you could say he's low on confidence. And then suddenly he does that. Yeah, he was a bit, well, I thought he was a bit
3: more progressive in, in the second half, to be fair. And again, he, he's got himself in that position. It's a good yep. decision, you know, but it's a class finish. It really is a good goal. And I, I
4: saw like, five goals a season for him now as well 13 games, more. 14 games. That's, de- yeah, that's decent, good return, isn't it? But he was, like I say, just, just someone just needs to get him out of his shell and just, yeah. <laughs> Give
6: him that confidence to play, isn't it? Because well, he's a player.
3: Sorry, if a goal like that don't give you confidence. Come on, yeah. you know. Just <laughs> need to show him
6: the Bristol Rovers game again. And, you know, he was... He was Boston. Brilliant, that wasn't... I mean, what happens at Plymouth's kickoff here, I can't recall. Because one minute later, um, Ward is at it, at it again, Joe, down the left-hand side. And this is a tidy goal. And again, the substitution has a role to play in it.
4: Yeah, no. And the ball... Like I said, the ball just sits with Ward. Sort of probably... Sort of thirty-five, forty yards out, and he he goes early. Hawkins is in the box, and he just delivers the ball into him. And Hawkins does really well. Because he's under pressure. He it's it looks like one of those ones that could be a penalty if he if he doesn't drop it there. And he just gets across and gets his chest down and falls perfectly for Jackson, who's smart, gets around him, and just first time left foot strikes it really sweetly again. One that he doesn't try and hit too hard. He just controls it, hits it right in the bottom corner and within what sort of 80 seconds we've gone from 1-0 down to 2-1 up and I say you listen to Jackson at the end of the game and he's saying oh he, he loves playing with a partner and every everyone <laughs> but he sort of says Ev- everyone can see that I play better with a partner because I like to build these <laughs> relationships whether it's with Draynor, Norse, he likes yeah. to get around him, he likes to make runs, he likes to be a little bit more free to sort of get involved a little bit more as opposed to playing up front on his own but Maybe we'll see more of it. I think we, I think we need to because, say, and sort of a special mention to Hawkins because I think that's probably the first time he's come on and really, really affected the game. There,
6: I was going to ask you kind of about Plan B at the end. We can, we can do that now because you know we've heard we're what was it? Absolutely terrible? Is it or hopeless? Hopeless. Yeah. Front. I mean, I don't know whether it's a, it's a system to start against just Portsmouth coming up next. Yeah, but, but why not? I like how we can shift to that, and I like how Hawkins brought best out jackson it just seems a no-brainer what and what's you're like, you know you
3: know and you think hawkins would be really up you know another game yeah. again you know did he i can't remember did he play in the cup game i can't recall did I he play in the cup did. game or not i'm not thinking norwood
5: certainly
3: um so he's going to be up you know you'd like to think i'd like to think i'll start with that but you know from what lambert said the week before chances are we won't but at least it shows that we can if necessary go to that and um it was just really, Joe said it. It was really good forward play because they could have just easily gone down there, look, you know, look for the penalty. Chances are, with that ref, the one he turned down in the first half, we probably wouldn't have got anything. But he stayed strong and then, um, yeah, uh, smart, smart, finish from Jackson. Please, well,
6: Jackson, I think he's that's for Jackson. A pen as well. Yeah, exactly right. And I like how Jackson gets his boot across the uh, top of the ball to keep it down as well. And tiny goal that. I mean, and again. Yeah. What, what what
3: I like about that, you can see the players are still united because you know how they yeah, celebrate the goal. They're it. all off in the corner, so yeah. you know and that's good. To, you know that's good to see.
4: And so I, I think um, you sort of oh, gonna say, you sort of say about Lambert when you are sort of saying about systems and four three three, and we can't play with two up front. Sometimes football is just as simple as just trying to get your best yeah. players on the pitch in the yeah. in the positions where they can have the most effect. And I think that's what we did towards the end of the game yesterday. Yep. I think
3: having said that, we should put it in context that they had against just been beaten four nil against ten men and they had just been beaten four nil at home by Rochdale. But look, yeah, look, a good win, an important, very, very important win in the scheme of things. And that can only give them confidence, you know, a you know, win like that, you know, with the side we had out with the players we've got out, surely that's gotta give, you know, give that squad confidence.
6: Yeah, one of the things, that I just just wanted to mention this before we kind of, um, I don't know whether I'm doing the roundup now, but I might just mention that some of the other results in League One kind of went for us. There were some teams in the top six or eight who lost yesterday. Um, What I liked was how we time wasted uh, efficiently and effectively yesterday. We still had to do it wrong against Shrewsbury, but I I liked how Ward particularly was in the referee's ear just kind of um, having a conversation in between the goal kicks. I know Cornell got booked. But that's the kind of stuff that we want to be I'll doing. What, I'll tell you, you what, though. i tell you what. i remind
3: me the end of that game. Remind me of a many, many a game under McCarthy when we beat oh, one yeah. nil up, 2-1 up, up, and just out. retreat, retreat. Yeah, we did Get, much out, get out. Keep playing. You know, yeah, bring but... it on. McGuinness, those last 10 minutes, was immense. He got yes. his head on absolutely everything. Oh, I mean, he struggled a bit, a bit on the deck. You know, he right, has yeah. struggled a bit on the deck, perhaps last few games a little bit here and there. Perhaps that's just inexperience, but in the air, he was majestic in that final 10, i say 10, 15 minutes probably. Absolutely everything he added away. Super. Just,
6: just to wrap this up, um, I mean, in terms of stats, it's, an, it's another game where it was with boss possession, which I don't think was a surprise. Plymouth certainly, maybe in the second half, as you mentioned, Joe sat back quite a lot. Um, five shots, three on target. Um, the XG's not particularly good because of because of that. It's, I think it's 1.1 XG each. Um, seven shots, only one on target, though, for Plymouth. But big chances, nil-nil. But town up to third, um, fourth successive defeat for Plymouth. And I guess I was going to ask you guys, I mean, what, what do we read into this? The next game is against a team in the top 10, top six, who we've not <laughs> won against in League One too much of. Um, and to give you the result, they beat Peterborough, who are off Form oh, as well. I mean, how much yeah. confidence we talked about the players, but how <laughs> much confidence do you get going into next week that this will matter and we won't be back to one 0 defeat to Pompey?
4: I, d- I don't think it um, changes a huge amount in in that respect for me because, as, as much as it's good to win, it was a pretty unconvincing first half. We didn't. We started to play a bit better, but ultimately, the sending off allowed us to win the game. Without that sending off would we have won the game? I think we were good value for a point but I don't think we'd have Mm. I don't think we'd have won it from there so but obviously we'll never know so it it feels like one of those seasons where you're just hoping oh is that going to be the turning point? Is that going to be the thing that gets us going? But without sort of trying to be a bit too negative on this I think we're going to I think we'll struggle next week at Portsmouth and then got what Burton, Peterborough I say you could if we if we end up on a, I, I just don't want to get into a run of like win one lose one draw one win one lose I'd I'd rather just get the shit out of the way and lose a few change a manager and go again as opposed to just if you know what I mean if if we're going to go on a run go on a run but the, the sort of drift where you're sort of picking up sort of 12 13 points every 10 it's games like January just, and February
6: again a little bit, doesn't it just yeah, isn't going to get us anywhere right.
4: we we need to now start picking up yeah. <laughs> sort of 18 points over the next 10 games that sort of area
6: Dave, uh, very briefly before we um we we'll bring in Mikey and we'll do the questions um, I just wanted to ask you about Lambert's post-match comments, uh, just a little bit strange, I mean we're going to read lots more into this now because of what's happened in the last week but um, let me, I won't well, do that he, he, There's an odd
3: one, he, did he finish up he's, he's, he's saying that he knows how to get rid of the negativity or something like that or he knows well, how to end the, ne- what was that ban all the press from Portman Road completely what does he mean by yeah.
6: like that? You know? So we, We're <laughs> speaking third, I think <laughs> joint said that's not bad we move on, um, was he not taken with the this is from the TWTD write-up. No, there's just things going through my head. It's fine. It's okay. Um, asked um, how much character to, to come back. The team, yes, but will not change the negativity. Not change it. But for those guys, brilliant. Um, how? Um, having said the win won't change the negativity. Lambert was asked what he thought would a run of wins, perhaps? No. I know what needs to be changed, but I'll keep those thoughts to myself. Yeah.
3: For someone who says it doesn't appear to be under pressure, he's feeling the pressure course he is, for goodness yeah. sake. But so it's someone
7: who, who doesn't good. feel the
4: pressure, who's managed to, who's begged his boss and his sort <laughs> of under underling to come out and back him publicly last week. Well, <laughs> I don't, I just wonder whether it sort of becomes a bit of a power play for Lambert. He's managed to now get Evans and O'Neill to come out and back him where does that mean that Lambert is now above O'Neill in the pecking order? It does feel like he just likes to play a lot of these games behind the scenes doesn't it? And I I wonder what that entails whether, I don't know, well, I'd say no one knows what what that means really, but. I think what
3: it does does mean he's here for the long stretch and he definitely
1: one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with MOOC delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. at participating restaurant's 18 plus serving times. delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
7: Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wes Burns running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process.
6: Well, talking of being in the long stretch, I don't know where I'm going with this or being cool under pressure, (laughs) is Mikey Penty smith Hello, Mikey.
2: Yeah, hello, Rich. Have you just called me a long
6: stretch? <laughs> I don't know. It's better long than a lanky streak. streak.
2: Yeah, I've no. been, I have been called worse. Um, yeah, <laughs> great to be here, guys.
6: The perfect segue. Mikey, do you want to, um, because Ben's not here, do you want to tell us how you got, did you uh, reply, uh, apply to the same ad that Joe did? Well... Or were you plucked from... No, I was definitely headhunted, Definitely headhunter. Yeah, okay. No,
2: I, uh, I also applied, um, as Joe did, I was working on a four-on, four-off shift pattern at the time and had more than enough time on my hands to take it on. But then, obviously, things have changed a little bit since then. But, obviously, we're a League One club now, but we're still absolutely loving it, aren't we? Really enjoying it.
6: You did some preview shows early, Doors, didn't you? Am yeah, right? I did a
2: couple of preview shows. So, the, yeah. the first ever show I did previewed um, the Reading game under Brian Klug which I did with a Reading podcaster who just so happened to be a colleague. So we did it. We filmed it on my phone in a meeting room. Um, And that was, yeah, that was my podcast debut. But then, yeah, from there, I interviewed a Middlesbrough podcaster who was in Goa, had loads of technical problems. I just kept running into technical problems all the time because to begin with, you couldn't record on Skype. um, And I had a really old laptop where I just couldn't record anything on it. I remember Um, these days. So, yeah, and then now I'm, just, I'm on the flagship rotation, aren't I?
6: And showing us all, to, putting us to shame with your festive background for the, anyone Good watching that. black and white. What I'm going to do now is test the technology and do a switcheroo. So let's see if I can do a one for one swap. Um, let's do a Lancaster for Hawkins. Here's Seb. And here we go. And it, here's Craig. Seamless. Seamless and I, I will leave you guys to it and you got Craig and Seb always interested to hear your start into the pod but I don't have to listen to it now I can go into the green room and get pissed I mean pay attention to what you've got.
2: <laughs> Cheers Richard and yeah uh, hello and welcome Seb and Craig um, you were both League One signings weren't you to the Blue Monday podcast?
7: I was the doldrums of the uh, of the the championship. I think I did one um, towards the end. I think, if I remember rightly, but um, yeah, the vast majority of it has been stuck down here on very very cold northern away days with Rich normally. <laughs> and you, Craig? Yeah, I think it's pretty
5: almost a year to the day. Actually, I I um, did my first one. I I, I think my sake comments on Twitter brought me to the attention of the Pod Scouts, and uh, <laughs> I re- I received a message through the post. Um, but I I. I'd known Joe anyway cuz I I was the <coughs> the football manager researcher before Joe was so I'd known mm. Joe for of you know, probably 7 8 years whenever it was that we we switched over like you know from Doctor Who to Doctor Who trans, transformation um yeah. so I knew Joe anyway I'd, I'd been for a beer with him at cricket and stuff and I knew Rich I stood with Rich and Mullet and people like at away games and stuff so yeah. yeah I sort of knew the knew the mob and then uh, yeah got a got a message to say do I fancy it and uh, yeah, the rest is history. That, that I did tie in perfectly with Lambert's um, decline around November, December time last year. I, I went about, I went about four months without seeing a win. I think.
2: Yeah. So maybe, yeah. Jack Barham asked, and I know that Richard did just ask Dave. But Jack Barham's Twitter question was, "What do you think Lambert meant when he knows how to change the negativity, but it's not by winning games?" Said, "Do you think that?" That might just be getting rid of
7: Craig off the Blue Monday podcast. <laughs> yeah, get rid, get rid of us all and put his, his cronies in here. That was a yeah, like like they said in the in the previous section, it was a really weird thing to come out with, wasn't it? I mean, I guess in his head he thinks he's some sort of overseer now, and arguably, like Joe said, he moved above above uh, O'Neill and the pecking order. Very strange not to communicate his thoughts, but who knows what goes on in his head sometimes. Yeah, and Craig, any thoughts on that? It was just, it was a real like,
5: woe is me. Everyone feels sorry for me. You know, we've done all of this against the odds interview, is not it? It was just a horrible, Mm. horrible, just nothingness um, interview. But no idea what he's going on about. I'm sure we will find out in the next few weeks, maybe.
2: Yeah. uh, Well, hopefully we'll find out something. Tim Pashley has been a Blue Monday listener since day one, I believe. Um, Always sends in decent questions as well. Uh this time he asked, did you all breathe a sigh of relief or a groan of uh, more Lambert when we turned it around on Saturday? I mean, that naturally as Ipswich fans we want we want the team to win, don't we, Craig?
5: Yeah, of course. Yeah, I I appreciate we've we've coming on the back of Joe Fair's actively asking for a run of defeats to get to get rid of Lambert, but <laughs> you can I think it's okay to want to win, you know, enjoy that win and still want change. But, you know, taking into account, it's it's obviously going to take longer for, for that change to happen. But, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting your team to win a game of football. It's in everyone's best interest to get promoted, isn't it? And if that's with Lambert, then so be it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Can you can you see that happening, Seb? Is that because I'm trying to envisage what's going to happen between now and the end of the season. And I saw I, I watched a couple of the playoff finals back the other day. um, On Sky Sports and I was thinking wow I haven't even thought about what it would be like being at Wembley this year if we get to go I just in in my head we're just not we're not making it to the playoffs let alone making it to Wembley.
7: Yeah, I think I think I'd agree with that, and I think most most Ipswich fans would would share the same views. I mean, to turn this round after everything that's gone on, you know, it's not it's not a couple of weeks that's been poor. It's it's twelve months now, isn't it? A really really poor form. And let's be honest, if we don't sort our uh, ourselves out against the top six side, finishing in the playoffs is pretty irrelevant because we can't beat anybody in it anyway. So mm. it's a, it's a hell of a turnaround. You know, we're all Ipswich fans. We want to see the club do well. We all want to get back to the championship because it will completely change the the playing squad for next year with the uh, with the salary cap being gone but if I'm honest I can't I can't see us making it I know we're third now but like me and Rich were talking about on the midweek show we're not performing like a club third in the league you know we're grinding out results here and there uh we can't beat anybody in the top six but then we beat somebody lower down the league and sort of just about hang in there but I I just can't see us being good enough to finish in the top six across the whole season with Lambert at the helm I'm afraid Mm
5: -hmm. As, as Seb says about it being poor form for a year which it has been yeah, he still seems Lambert. This is still seems to have the full backing of the guy in charge. God knows what yeah. what he's you know telling Evans behind the scene as to why things are so bad that you know small steps are being made, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, I'm not particularly seeing. I know we haven't got we're not privy to behind the scenes, but bloody hell's bells, mm-hmm. we can only go by results and performances. I'd like to know what what they are seeing.
2: Yeah, just just on Lambert, Craig. Uh, your mate Mullet has sent in a question. He must be celebrating his 400th question on Blue Monday. Um, what a stark cron- what, sorry what's a stark contrast between Ipswich then and now? He's referring to. Sorry, I'll, I'll start that one again. He says the BT special, David Diamond's, Kevin BT special, was amongst the best things in the ITFC media ever. So I've <laughs> really eloquently read that one through. He says, what a stark contrast between Ipswich now and then should Lambert climb down and offer olive branches to everyone or is this win just obscuring a last days of Rome scenario
5: well as as sipson you know, how, how many managers get to this point and turn things around you know very few if any do they you know mccarthy pretty much strung it out for another year and a half maybe once we'd had all the you know once the the chanting at matches had reached pretty much a crescendo. He still actually hung on for another season and a half, pretty much. Mm. Um, But Christ, it wasn't a particularly enjoyable experience for anyone, I don't think, in the ground or as a player or as part of the management team, I wouldn't say. Um, So, yeah, at the end of the day, if he wins wins matches, then he can start taking the higher ground, Carney, and and trying to build some bridges. Um, It just sort of proves a point that that the whole... um, PR at the beginning, was was that just a facade? Was it a mask? And that mask's now, you know, falling. He he, he did what he had to do to get the, the fans on side in the midst of a disastrous relegation um, season. And the fans have now sort of seen through it and the mask's fallen and it's Emperor's New Clothes scenario.
2: Hmm. So, yeah, for, for, what was it? The last days of Rome. And then you've said...
5: Yeah, by Emperors, yes, that's it. I guess that's exactly yeah. what I was getting at, yeah. Um I, if it is if it is the last days around, they're not gonna be it's not gonna be days, is it? It's gonna be weeks or months, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Always is in sleepy Suffolk, isn't it? Jer- Jeremy Bowling uh says, A very rare question from me. Um now that everyone is fully into playing pluck a new manager's name out of thin air, whatever happened to people's favourite Morris Stein? Um so I've done a little bit of research for this myself. Um, He's currently managing NAC Breder in the Dutch second division. So he's still in management. And funnily enough, they're fourth in the league. But they've been pretty inconsistent this season. John Banger asked Seb, how did Cornell manage to wear a pink and an orange kit in the game yesterday? Loved his berating of McGuinness near the end of the game. Need to see more of this on the pitch as we're just too nice most of the time. Have you been, been impressed by Cornell the last couple of games?
7: He looks more comfortable, doesn't he, with the ball at his feet. So if Lambert is insistent on playing this passing out from the back style, he definitely looks more comfortable than than Holy. Like last year, I didn't really think Holy had done anything too bad to deserve being dropped. But I guess now the, the shirt is Cornell's and it's his to lose. It was, it was funny on the camera, wasn't it, where he comes to catch a ball in an orange shirt and then suddenly throws it out and it's, it's, it's a pink shirt. I'm guessing that's the, the I follow, um, I don't know, camera colour uh, issues but it was uh, it was yeah. quite a good clip to see with regards to being vocal at the end that was really good to see because I think all the journalists and everyone that's been at the matches for the last few games have really mentioned how quiet we've been as a side even the likes of Ward and Chambers aren't being the normal vocal self so if he's uh, if he's certainly more vocal than Holy and he's given the back for a, a bit of a kick and a bit of a lift when it's needed that can that can surely only be a good thing
2: hmm. yeah Craig that was your that was your clip wasn't it that went ITFC viral of yeah, the kit. Doing
5: numbers, don't they? Is that what they say? Yeah. Doing numbers. <laughs> um, They're pretty cool. I, I wonder if um, someone said actually, it's, it was. Let's not worry about the colour of the kit. Let's worry about the fact that a goalkeeper, and it was just a goalkeeper, was coming further than six yard box to claim a claim the ball. <laughs> so maybe maybe the shirt the sh- actually does it every time it happens but because it's never happened. We've never noticed. it before. <laughs> But in terms in really. terms of the goal in terms of the goalkeepers, there's not there's, there's not a lot between them, is there, in terms of their goalkeeping ability. I think there's both pretty two standard League One goalkeepers. As Seb says, you trust Cornell a bit more if the ball's pinged back to him to control it and, and get it under control and get it out again. Um but I think that's that's pretty much the yeah, the only the only difference. I don't I think they're pretty decent shot stoppers, etc. So this is to lose, I suppose, for the time being. Yeah. Yeah, definitely looks
2: that way. Uh, Tim Gornow asks. so this is a more general question. Uh, he says, love the pod and congrats on the 400. Thank you very much, Tim. Did anyone else read the Marcus Evans statement this week and suddenly realise that we're actually going nowhere as a club? Uh, and he also says, any chance for Christmas special with all of the team? So here you are. With Merry Christmas. Christmas tree. Happy Christmas, yeah. everyone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Seb, we'll, we'll start with you. Was there a did you feel even more down after reading the Marcus Evans statement? I'm guessing you did just like that. Yeah, there. I
7: think we all did, didn't we? Let's be honest, you know, the tone of it. I'm amazed that it, they, don't, they don't have people to sanity check these things, you know, test the mood on, on social media or the message boards before they put this kind of stuff out. Because like the guys discussed in the first section, the mood of it was basically, I run the club, I look after it. You all force me to, to put us in this position and I'm not going to be bullied into it again. So, you know, they, 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 they need to sanity check these things before they go out and reading it didn't didn't inspire any of us I guess I guess the worrying thing is when the worrying thing is we don't stand still or go nowhere as a club the worrying thing is that as we have done for the last uh, 12 years under evans we keep on you know sliding down and down and down all it would take is a uh, a failure to go up this season with the salary cap implications and we could be stuck down here for a little while so i guess standing still isn't the the, the worst option in this scenario it's getting stuck and then maybe even falling further down the down the tree
5: mm. you got hope though i mean in this in this scenario obviously in the championship, the, what what we eventually came unstuck with the fact that there were so many teams willing to invest and overtake us, weren't there? That's sort of why we, by a period of osmosis and over time, we just gradually dropped and dropped and dropped. You'd hope that we're not going to drop any further than this. So surely, you know, the, the, the size of some of the clubs in this division, we're going to find a natural level at about 10th in league one. If, mm. you know if if nothing, if nothing happens
2: a, a few years so, we've we've been
5: saying this for years
2: though, haven't we? surely it can't get any worse than this <laughs> and then yeah, here we are <laughs> yeah um right so the the last question I've got is actually more aimed at um the season ticket holders, which are you still a season ticket holder craig or yeah 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 yeah, yeah.
5: Uh, well as as at time of print I am yeah yeah okay, me, and, but... me and my boy got one. Excellent. But if I can
2: ask Rich to um, bring Joe and Dave back into the conversation. Here they come. Okay, and we'll just talk through the the ballot details that were announced today. Um, So a maximum of 2000 fans will be allowed to attend each game. Uh, Season ticket holders will be required to register their interest for each home match, which will give them entry into the ballot process. There's 9,000 season ticket holders um, and what's the, the rest of the small print? You have you have to apply each time. And if you get to go to one game, that you're less likely to go to the next game, etc., etc. Ipswich, Ipswich Rugilo asks, after seeing fans returning this weekend, are the season ticket holders amongst you any more excited to go to a game than you were a week ago when I asked you the same question? So we'll start with you, Jay. Yes, I'm, I'm. I'm still excited about getting back to Portland Road. I know it's.
4: I'm not. I'm not over positive about sort of the team, the situation we're in at the moment. But ultimately, it's still a normal thing to do. I sort of. I go down with my dad. So I, I, I don't know if he can come this week, actually. But sort of just go down there, have a couple of beers because I think I'm still able to where I am. But do that and just go to the game, enjoy a game, and just I don't know, just even watching the Plymouth game. There's only 1,800 fans there, but you still get those little bits of noise you like the sort of players coming out at the start of the game the people having to go at the ref and things like that you you do just get the when the four minute board goes up at the end that little sort of oomph for the away or sorry the home fans there to
2: try and push their team on so i'm glad to be getting back there personally and and dave i'm guessing you'll be entering the ballot each week as a uh, heath is so busy on saturday yeah, yeah i went up there this
3: afternoon played nine i was absolute chocker up there mate so yeah i'm all over i'm all over portman road i'm entering every ballot i can <laughs> bloody hell so yeah I, I um just just when we were in in the downtime we just had i just um just went on the old phone in the green room and um yeah i'm in the ballot for saturday so um yeah we'll see we'll see sadly i don't think i'll be getting a um enjoying a drink like joe is though but hey however joe if your dad's not going anyway you're uh, not in my bubble, problem. though, Dave. Sorry. Shit. <laughs> of course <laughs> not. <laughs> of course the, not. The first oh, I don't we being socially distant from it. you,
2: Joe. It's <laughs> a big table, isn't it? And know, Craig. I'm, ge- I'm guessing you're the, you're the same. Um, or a Essex folk not allowed in.
5: Yeah, well, I, I, I should be allowed to go. And you lot not, looking at the re- recent figures. I, I need an extra large um exclusion zone around me to pr- to protect me i think from you virus virus ridden uh suffolk mob um yeah i'm yeah i've i've, I've applied for both um ballots of the ones that we can so far um only for myself though because believe it or not my little boy's got to isolate someone on his school bus has got it so he's got yeah. to stay indoors for 14 days so he won't be coming with me but um so yeah just be me but on me loans me if i do strike it lucky is that is that a phrase i'm not gonna go go down but um more it's, it's, i think it's gonna be more just for the just to see what it's like really um mm. you know that the, as joe says the what you've seen on the telly so far from the from the fans that have gone they seem to be enjoying it don't they yeah um, yeah uh, see, in as Joseph, it, Millwall. yeah <laughs> but that's the only reason i'm going so i can boo the black lives matter um neil um so yeah no, I'll, I'll see if it how it goes i'm not going to lose any sleep if i don't go um and it will say so be a pretty um, what's it looking for dystopian um, experience. I think trudging in at it's the real, time right? you gotta go in and real, coming out yeah. row row by row, and it's like being back at school or something. The school assembly, but uh, yeah.
2: And Seb, I guess you like me, you're probably resigned to not going to a game this season. Yeah. Do you think they'll be? Do you think there will be FOMO or Do you think you'll be sitting? Sitting there smug that you didn't bother on every <laughs> well, every Saturday
7: guess, at five. I guess Pete the likes of Peterborough and Portsmouth I probably won't mind losing missing those sort of three and four nil defeats. But uh <laughs> I, I wasn't that bothered about it. Obviously being a bit isolated up here, I wasn't that fussed about it. But my dad's a season ticket holder. So I texted him the other day saying, you know, have you have you gone into the ballot? And he replied saying, Yeah. And I think getting that text made me think, Oh, I I would like to go to be honest. If I if I lived in Ipswich and I had a season ticket, I would I would chuck myself in the ballot because I know it's a major faff to go through all the temperature checks and you know leave when and the, the stewards tell you to leave etc but I think as soon as that whistle goes, goes it would feel back to you know some sort of normalcy after a pretty a pretty weird year so I'm resigned to not going for uh for the rest of this season but hopefully away days will start up at the start of next season maybe fingers crossed yeah
2: be careful what you wish for Seb um let's bring Rich and Ben back in and here we are and we can have a real fight for who's presenting this podcast can't we
0: well, for the last segment, which if you're ready for a train wreck, here it comes. We're going to try all seven of us all on at once for the first time in, in the 12 Monday. days of Christmas. Oh, the 12 days of Christmas. Is it very nice? Well, actually, Joe, you've set me up very nicely for the last part of the show here. And are you ready for this, guys? It's this a bit of a surprise. We're going to do the Blue Monday top 10. So I've had a little think um, about the first 400 episodes. And what have we been asked about a billion times? Who have we had to talk about a million times? So I'm going to go over the top 10, um, what's probably filled up our podcast more than anything else. We're going to go um, down the list and um, just a little brief word about each character as we go. David Diamond, I'm going to come to you first. Number 10 in the Blue Monday 400 top 10 is Mr. Jordan Spence. (laughs) Spence. Spence? No way. Spence. Well, yeah, <laughs> what does was... Jordan Spence mean to you,
3: David Diamond? Um, oh, Euphoria. Millwall away. Millwall away. Oh, last wow. minute. 4-3. Oh, uh, what a yeah. yeah, yeah. Late yeah. December, back in
5: 2016 or something, Craig. He wasn't getting as much um, elation at the Accrington FA Cup um, away match. No. He Did got he won't why not after that? that in no, no, he didn't. That was his last match.
4: Yeah, because Lambert I called out the players saying they wouldn't play for the club again. And a couple had a stint out of side and came back. But Spence, I don't it think was. he would to come back at all.
0: And if your wife is a very highly earning movie star, then maybe, maybe you're right. Yeah, be, yeah. go. Good luck to him. Number nine, um, I'm going to talk about, forgive me, Mr. Martin Waghorn, who in the podcast, very few players um, for personality and sheer joy and doing all the attacking themselves and taking every set play and either scoring or assisting every goal have given us enough joy. Unfortunately, Mr. Waghorn uh, and his agent realised the right time to get out and he's obviously now at at Derby County. But um, we enjoyed Mr. Waghorn. At number eight, and I think this only really is right to go to Craig because it's his favourite player of all time ever, is um, the
5: much-discussed Alan Judge. Um, Craig, Alan Judge on the podcast. I'd just about to turn around and get my Steve Witton signed uh, photo there. Um, yeah, Christ. I don't know. I, I don't have a detailed view of all the facts, unlike Marcus Evans. So um, pound for pound, pound for pound, I'd struggle with to think of a more disappointing signing when you take in expectations and the level we're playing at and the level he was playing at internationally last season. Um, and the fact that uh, an Albanian under-21 international is, you know, showing up in, in, in what is arguably his best his best position. Um, you know, Dobra looked livelier there yesterday, buzzing around and running with the ball and getting into the box and staying in position. Um, I think he only, he's only rivaling John Nolan in terms of f- frustration, but at least at least John Nolan produces on uh, on occasion.
0: I think on the pound-for-pound stakes, I'd still have Ulrich Le Pen a little bit higher. Poor Ulrich. There we go. Poor old Ulrich. Um, And number seven, we're going to Mikey Penty-Smith. It burned very brightly, brightest once in Swansea. Um, Our figures were through the roof when he joined, and then he was rubbish. Um, Mikey, Paul Hurst is number seven in the Blue Monday top ten.
2: Yeah, and he's also in the top three worst... Paul's to manage at Switchtown Football Club. Um, yeah, I've in my notes, I've put weird little man. Um, to his credit, he did acknowledge the problem with sports science, um, but he yeah. also replaced the likes of Webster, Waghorn and Garner with League One and Two players. Uh, and these are mistakes that we're still paying for as a club. Sad. Um, we're going to go to
0: Seb for our number six, because we spent much of the first season... Of the podcast, well, he was still here much of the second season of the podcast. Um, speaking about this player not being here, the 2014 uh, 15 championship golden boot winner, imagine that playing for us. Um, <laughs> Daryl Murphy, uh, Seb, your, your thoughts?
7: Oh, uh, well, I guess, yeah, the first podcast would have come in off the back of his incredible season and the one good year we've all enjoyed in the last 10 years or so i mean on his day what a what a player he was he didn't start the next season overly brilliantly i don't i don't think he scored till quite close to christmas if i remember rightly uh but he was so so crucial to the way we played imagine him now as the uh him and his five years ago him up front now in the uh with the players bringing others into play holding the ball up we never really replaced him did we i guess most of the chat in the 16 17 season would be how why have we signed Leon Best to replace Daryl Murphy? Um, but yeah, what, what a great player for us, a great servant for the club. 18 different loan spells and then signing permanently. And uh, yeah, absolutely crucial and a, a, a crime that we never replaced him properly.
4: Well, ironically, we did replace him with a Wales international and a top championship striker in Kiefer Roberto Francesco. Yeah. Oh, we did got got...
0: Seven, seven championship goals already this season, Dave? 20 grand. Was it wasn't Murphy's?
3: I think that season, that first season of the pod, Murphy's first goals. I think could have been a hat trick at Rotherham. I mean, he'd never scored a hat. Twenty-seven goals a season before, no hat trick, and he's. I think I think they were his first
0: goals of the season. I believe. Um, number, number five, we go back to Mikey, a much much discussed player, a very very Marmite type player. Um, less so in recent months. Number five in the Blue Monday top ten is Cole Skews, Mikey.
2: Yeah, so Cole, Cole Skews has just been a fantastic servant to Ipswich Town Football Club. And I think a lot a lot of people maybe say that Cole Skews sums up the way Ipswich have been in the last few years, that he's he's held up as being this fantastic player and he's not that great. But I would defend him by saying that he's put his body on the line so many times. He's played through injuries. And I think that that's sadly caught up on Caught up with him now, and I think if he was fit, he'd probably be making a difference in our midfield at the moment. Would anyone commenting on that? I heard someone go. Well,
3: he probably wouldn't be adding to the goals tally,
2: but yeah, he probably would, would, would be useful. <laughs> no, <laughs> he probably yeah. would be useful. Yeah. So yeah. Since, since the since the Blue Monday podcast started, I think he scored one deflected goal
0: <laughs> and, against Bolton. Uh, and he's been yeah, at the, club the entire time. <laughs> Sensational. Um, <laughs> it was, it, yeah, I think no, it might have been Bolton. It, 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 number four we've spent a lot of time joe fares debating the merits of mr luke chambers um and um whether we should be playing right back or not here we are in um december of 2020 with luke chambers making still every minute of every game and playing right back number four in the blue monday top 10 joe is um your best mate luke chambers
4: well, it's sort of, as, as, as Mike said, wasn't it? Sort of a great servant to the club. And it's it's amazing how he's managed to sort of stay in the team and now we're here and he's still, well, he's probably one of our better performing players this season, isn't it? And I know it seems everyone wants to write him off, but ultimately sort of what, five managers, every single one has picked him Every, every week has he ever been dropped. I don't, I don't think he's ever been dropped since he's been here. And I say he's now back on the right and playing well. When Kane Vincent Young comes back in the team, he'll probably end up back in the middle and playing well. But I say, how, how much longer is he going to go on for? Is he going to get to 800 games after hitting 750 last week? I don't think anyone would bet against him. But
0: for that relegation... No one would have, because I studied the championship, believe me, he was going to break every championship record there is possible for minutes and appearances in the championship. Uh, We're we're going to stay with Joe, frankly, because it amuses me, um, because the number three in the Blue Monday top 10, um, much discussed, is is Paul Lambert, Joe. Um,
4: Away you go. Not, not a fan. I'll put that out there. But, <laughs> but it, it, it's it's frustrating because when he came in, he made all the right noises, and I and I don't I don't think he was being just it didn't seem like a front. It seemed like he genuinely believed that what the club needed to do was to reconnect with its fan base, reconnect with its legends, try and get the club going again. And I think he made a really good job of that. I know people aren't happy that when we got relegated, we went down and the fans were still singing and supporting the players. But to me, I thought that was, that was really positive. And the way we started the following season sort of made you think, well, yeah, we did do the right thing there. But it's just the way he was last season, with just changing tactics every game. And now he's gone from that to this, where despite having no midfielders fit, we're still just trying to play the same thing. And I don't think he's very good with the media. I don't think he's a very good talker. I don't think he's very good tactically. I don't think he's a very good man-manager. And I don't think we're going, to, we're going to go up if he's still here in May this season.
0: Other than that, other than that Joe? Yeah, um,
4: played, played 8, for, eight played, out of 10 other Dortmund. than that.
0: Yeah, play, play for Dortmund, Dave. Um, number two, uh, we're going to go to Richard for number two. As we said earlier in the show, uh, Richard... Um, a guy who for the first couple of the years lurked, um, in his trench coat outside football stadiums, nowhere else. Um, God, you might want to edit that bit out actually,
6: sorry, <laughs> <laughs> lurked story, outside,
0: no. outside, um, uh, big business mm-hmm. in London, um, and has gradually got more and more, um, public. Joe once described him as, um, too hapless to be a bad owner, um, just a hapless owner. Um. Richard Marcus Evans oft discussed on the pod. Away you go.
6: I mean, we're we're coming up to thirteen years since he took over. Thirteen years, guys, of nonstop fun. Um, and the good thing is, I've got a detailed view of all the facts as to what what he's done best for the club, both financially and in terms of team development wise. And and I'll use that unique and privileged access I have to to make you know, opinions about Marcus Evans, which I think are in the long-term interest of the podcast. Um, you know, everything I've seen close to hand, just behind the scenes and <laughs> on match days, gives me the confidence that despite Sport's been a, a bumpy path for 13 years. I, I feel that we're on the right track. You know, the, the debt's up to 19 uh, 96.3 million, apparently. Um, you know, we've finally got a director of football, albeit we've um, given him three jobs to do rather than one. Um, and, you know, we've given the best manager in the 13 years, I think, a long-term contract. I mean, what else have we got to complain about? Um, well, maybe some refunds for us season tickets a bit quicker next time around, perhaps?
0: I think we might get a copyright strike for that. I've heard I've heard those words in that order somewhere before, Richard, mightn't we? Um, and the number one, Dave, the biggest ratings draw ever, the most yeah, discussed, um, <laughs> the oft-disliked, um, but every day he's gone... Uh, he seems a little bit better. Um number one, Dave. Mick McCarthy. Mick McCarthy.
3: Was that was that the top rated show ever, Ben? Yeah, not a live show um, and interviews apart. Was that was that probably the one we did the I'm, manager I'm ben, not, the exit the exit show? I'm not
0: I'm not sure, Dave, but oh, he mate, certainly he just, ever was Oh bloody. Hell. I mean
3: it just as I think Joe referred to earlier in the show, just a complete breakdown of any sort of relationship with the fans at the end of the day. Um yeah again sort of perhaps even bigger than the even got to you know bigger than the owner for goodness sake so yeah it was it was kind of sad you know we had that 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 one-off season 14-15 which was the only semblance of relative success okay league cup semi-final i guess but in Evan, during evan's sort of tenure. Um, and bless him, he just lost his lost his way a bit. And when you think the start of that season, that seventeen eighteen, we spoke about the Spence goal at you know the Spence goal at uh, you know at Millwall. What a start of that season we had! And you think I remember taking Sunderland to the clip at five two down there. And we were absolutely Sunderland, okay, but we were absolutely brilliant. And you think how do we again from there? How do we manage to somehow lose our way from that? I just I just don't quite know. And yes, yeah, sad I mean you know. Yeah. Pragmatic, I think, is a word that sums him up. Would we have got relegated under 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 McCarthy? Arguable. I mean, would have been it'd have been Groundhog Day, wouldn't it? Been another season, and that I think would have just been too much. You know, with the football, you know, the football that we had to watch. But yeah, yeah, sad, but he's done all right for himself since, hasn't
6: he? Needless and to he say, got... he had the uh, last laugh.
0: Absolutely. Punning himself <laughs> in, yeah, that worked out well. To, to it quote, did, to quote. Didn't it? Mr. Mick, um, sunning himself in Cyprus now. Right, guys, we thank you so much. we are going a little bit long. We've got one more little segment to go. Um, again, uh, stay tuned for a bit of a train wreck because this is not the CV game, guys. This is the numbers game. Uh, another brilliantly um, named game by me that I've tried to write up today. If there's any mistakes, um, pedants will write in and tell us their mistakes. Who cares? Just a little bit of fun. But the idea is, You're going to play together, so um, we're not going to pit you against each other. Um, I've got a few questions and you need to um, get all of the answers and you can do it between you. So the first question, there's only going to be one answer. Um, just say your name when I say the question, and then chip in with the answer. The next one, we'll have two answers. The next one, three. The next one, four. And hopefully, you'll be out by then, and we can all um, go and have a drink and watch watch TV or whatever. So, are you ready, guys? Just say your name if you know the answer. Um, since so, this is question one. There's only one answer to it, okay? Um, since we started the podcast, Ipswich Town have won one FA Cup game. Who was it against? And what? Joe, was
5: it for? thank
0: you. I can tell you the scorer. <laughs> 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 it was
2: and who's got it, Joe or Mikey?
4: Well I'll let Mikey have it. Generous. Oh, don't it's get it wrong. it was it
2: was Link- Lincoln City. Lincoln City away. What's the score, Joe? Two one. Uh, the away game
0: in the FA Cup. Oh, what was
5: it I don't know, one nil nil, didn't he? <laughs> one <Who's> nil <got laughs> the goal,
0: Craig.
6: Oh, after extra time, I think.
5: It's one of those many goals he scored for us so far in his career. Alan Judge will go for, shall we? Alan Judge will go for.
6: The Wednesday, the
0: 20th of November, 2019. One FA Cup game in 400 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) There we go, guys. Um, Question two. There's two answers to this one. So, say your name. Right. The first game we ever talked about on the pod uh, was in August 2015. which two players (laughs) from that game... Also started at the weekend. Oh,
4: Joe. Wow. Joe. It's got to be Luke Chambers, hasn't it?
0: Luke
2: Chambers is one of them. Who is the other? Mikey. Go on, is Mikey. Uh, actually, no. I've tried to be. It wasn't um, Connor Green, is it? Brad, Dave, Dave.
0: Dave. 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 Alan Judge. Alan Judge flames is very He's got it. Oh. Well done. And we will get seventeen tweets saying from the um audience
5: that they got it before you lot did.
6: Um, oh, we're
5: Is Alan Judge going to the answer on every one of these questions? Please? <laughs> <laughs> there, you're, like, winding bit, you're winding me up. You're
3: me up. It's a bit like Smithy's nineteen question quiz. There is a theme. Which <laughs> Murderer. The
0: <golden> <laughs> I've got one about the Stewarts. Canella. <laughs> Right, uh, nice coach in Bonda Last <laughs> season Sorry, In goal Gordon Banks uh, Question number three And Dave ruined this question about ten minutes ago By the way Since the pod has been going Three players have scored hat-tricks oh. In league games Involving Ipswich Town Who are they? Dave Darrell Murphy Dave Darrell Murphy away at Rotherham On the 7th of November 2015 In a 5-2 victory Anyone else? Craig Grant Ward.
4: Craig Grant Ward. Oh. Um,
0: Ipswich 4, Barnsley 2, yeah. 6th of August 2016.
4: I can think of a cup game. Joe Garner for Preston. <laughs>
0: Since the pod started. Free pod, I think, wasn't
4: it? Free no, I,
7: reckon pod. it I reckon that was post-pod. Well, it might be. No, it was the It was end. in the, was in the cup, pod. though, not league. I was there. It was very, very cold. Free
0: pod. Um, I'll give you a clue. And this will only help Dave. I was in his living room watching it with him. <laughs>
5: What?
7: With Just you, Dave? I think not, not, not for the for... scorer. Oh, oh, oh! Um... Not the hat trick scorer. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was
5: going <laughs> to
3: say, is <yes, laughs> there? <laughs> this player the Redding, Dubs, not play for
7: Ipswich.
3: A Reading striker.
4: Oh, I can't what remember. was
2: his name? Oh, I can't remember. He, he oh, wasn't was there long, long was he. A nickname, isn't it?
4: God. Oh, is it um, Nick Blackman? No,
2: no, no, no. foreign. No, Johnny,
0: Johnny, foreign. Bit like Tammer Hemed, but it wasn't. Imagine, like I, love, I love it when I get to give clues. Imagine <laughs> my stage name, but someone else who has the second name of that with a different first name. Someone Bloom. Think of a famous someone else Bloom. Godfrey Bloom. No, but <laughs> what? Think of a nice, think of a nice um, uh, holiday destination in Florida.
4: Uh, w- no, where? Orlando. Florida Orlando. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, oh yeah,
4: Orlando. Oh, um, Orlando. Suck. Orlando oh, Magic. Star, star, <laughs>
0: Orlando Magic, Mikey's got it right. It's Orlando Magic. Orlando <laughs> right. star. There
4: you go. Yeah. Right,
0: one more, one more guy because officially you're out there because no one got Orlando star. Right. This is a tricky one. Since the advent of the Premier League in 1992, four players who have represented Ipswich Town have won the Championship Golden Boot. Four players who have represented Ipswich Town have won the championship, second tier, first division championship, whatever you want to call it, Golden Boot. They have represented Ipswich Town. Can anybody name me any of the four players to win the championship Golden Boot since 1992 who have played at some time in their career for Ipswich Town? Michael Are we, chop, we allowed bro?
6: to dra- take punts? I was going to say Chop, bro.
0: Chops.
4: Well, one of them Mikey. did it playing for yeah. Ipswich Town.
3: Daryl Murphy. Daryl Murphy. Murphy. Darryl Murphy. Murphy. Darryl
4: Murphy. David Johnson? Nope. Where's
6: John O?
5: Sylvan <laughs> uh, Ebanks Blake. Yes,
0: Craig. Sylvan Ebanks Blake won the Golden Boot twice. Mm. Uh,
6: Nathan Ellington then?
0: Oh, well done, Richard. Nathan Dude. Ellington is the third one. Who is the fourth one?
4: Michael Chopra, not Chopra. Nope.
5: We had all these at the arse end of their careers, didn't we? Every one of them.
0: Uh, Stuart, did. is, Stuart didn't do it Kevin as, hard Liz- as well. Kevin Lisby? No. Nope. No. Nope. Never a goal scorer. Uh, This guy comes from New Zealand. Chris Chris Wood. Wood. Chris Wood. Woody. Chris Wood. So Nathan Ellington was the championship top scorer for um, Wigan in 2004, 2005. But we don't want to remind anybody about that season because the rot began there, partnering with Jason Roberts up the top there. Uh, Craig said Sylvain Evans Blake did it for half a season for Plymouth, half for Wolves, and then under Mick McCarthy for Wolves the next season. Daryl Murphy obviously did it in an Ipswich shirt with a fabulous 27 goals in 2015. Chris Wood also scored 27 goals for Leeds in 2016-17 wow. um, and obviously represented Ipswich on loan prior to there. There we go. Um, tweet us at Blue FC. ITFC, excuse me, and let me know how much better you did than all of our panellists. Um, And without getting too fluffy and sentimental here, thank you to each of you six guys I'm looking at on the screen. As I said earlier about Richard joining, uh, Dave and I in no way, shape, form or fashion could have continued doing two shows a week for um, six seasons. Uh, So without you guys, thank you, obviously, to every single person who ever... Listen to even one... Even if you stop listening and you hate us now, thank you for listening to the episode you did listen to. Thank you to everybody who has tweeted in. Now, I need a catchphrase to finish the podcast. David no-sold his one-word catchphrase. So I wonder if anybody else has got a good way for us to finish this podcast. Joe?
4: That's got to be Mikey or Dave, hasn't it, for the finish?
0: Mikey, I think it's got to be you, isn't it? So the last word of the Blue Monday podcast. Um, just, just gear yourself up for this, Mikey. We know you've got presenting. This isn't the last here.
2: ever episode, is it? In,
0: in tribute, <laughs> it's, now, <laughs> it's now in
4: tribute to Marcus Evans now, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly.
0: There you go. A new yeah. context, Mikey. So thank you, yeah. everybody, um, for listening. Thank you. Hopefully, there, there might be another 400 shows and we might not be in League One at the end of show number 800. But Thank you, um, everybody. It's been a a wonderful ride and we never thought it would get this far. Um, Live shows, everything that's happened, YouTube, we've tried to keep up with everything, even if sometimes um, the club has maybe not met our expectations. But with all that being said, um, this has been the Blue Monday podcast. And Mikey, be careful what you wish for. Crap.